morning. Open your Bibles with me, if you will, to John chapter 1. Uh, last night we began, or last night, last week, we began our uh, series uh, focusing on Advent or the coming of the Messiah. Uh, the prophets anticipated his coming. He has come, and we now are anticipating his coming again. And uh, I want us to take a look today uh, in verses 6 through 8 of John chapter 1. And I've entitled the message today, The Light is Coming. It's from the perspective of, yes, the prophets, but particularly it's from the perspective of John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist, we know, uh, has, was prophesied concerning him that he would come and he would prepare the way for the Lord. He would make way for him. And so it's, some people might think it seems kind of odd to bring John the Baptist into the mix of the Christmas uh, thinking uh, of our day. But you might recall Luke records uh, the, uh, the birth of John, uh, making known to Zechariah in the temple that he would be having a son and he would name him John. And in disbelief, he said, how do I know these things are going to be true? And the angel said, well, I'm Gabriel. I hang out right next to God. And so what I want you to know is because you're questioning me, you're not going to say a word until this child is born. And so that, that occurred. He didn't speak a word until John was born. And, and they asked him, what should we name him? And he wrote on a tablet, John. Well, you know, before that, when Mary got word from the same angel, Gabriel, that, uh, uh, that she would bear a son, well, she took off and told her cousin, Elizabeth. And the scripture says that the child leaped within her in hearing the news. John the Baptist was very much a part of the story, if you will, of Christ's coming. And he also came to announce that the light has come. I want us to see in this uh, the example of John the Baptist, and I want us to glean from this that John being a messenger that the light had come is a purpose that we have also as messengers, that the light, Jesus Christ, has indeed come, and today we can trust him. You know, light is an interesting thing, and there's a, there's a whole lot about light. You know, I do a little research every once in a while on if I'm going to use an analogy or something like that. And man, when you say, you know, tell me something about light. Well, let me tell you something. The internet is full of stuff about light, you know, stuff that you don't think about. But, you know, light is a necessary part of life. All right? We uh, see in here that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. But I want you to know, light is necessary for life for us. Without life, there is no food. Or, or without life. Without light, there is no food. Because there is no photosynthesis. You can't grow a thing without light. I mean, without light, there's no food. Say, what about all the animals? Well, that would be great, but without light, you can't see. You wouldn't be able to see the animals, to shoot the animals. The animals would die of starvation. Why is that? Because 
There's no light and there's nothing growing for the animals to eat. Folks, there's no life apart from light. Without light, there is no physical growth. Vitamin D helps and and stimulates the growth in us. But if there's no light, there's no growth. But there is lots of sleep for all you fans of sleep. Okay? Because darkness enables sleep. I don't know about y'all, but daylight savings time ended recently. And we fell back. And it gets dark at like 5 you know, 5.30-ish, you know. I don't know about y'all, but at 55 years old, when it gets dark, this old boy's ready to go to bed, you know. Gina and I will look at each other sometimes and say, what time is it? Well, it's only 6.30, but it's dark outside. We're ready for bed. I mean, it's just, we're tired because it's dark. Dark makes you sleepy. Light is essential for life. Jesus is the light. Apart from Jesus, there is no life. Apart from Jesus, there is no eternal life. What did he say? Jesus said this, I have come that they may have life and that they have it, may have it more abundantly. By the way, what that means is not that you'll have more wealth. Uh, but you will have life upon life. All right? That's what that's talking about. You have life upon life, eternal life. And so it's so important for us to see that Jesus is the light. This text is telling us that John the Baptist is a messenger uh, of the light. He's a witness to the light who is Jesus Christ. And we learn from John, how to be light bearers in a world that is blind. I want us to see uh, how we do that today by uh, looking at three things out of this text. First of all, I want you to see that John the Baptist was authorized to bear witness to the light. John the Baptist was authorized to bear witness to the light. Secondly, I want you to see that John the Baptist was faithful to bear witness to the light. He was faithful to bear witness to the light. And I want you to see thirdly, that he was not the light. He was a shining lamp. He was not the light. These are important and they play a role in our own witness, in our own sharing of the light, Jesus Christ. So let's look uh, a little bit into the life of John the Baptist, a little bit into his ministry, and to see what we can glean from him about how we should be light bearers in the world uh, all year long. Okay. So first of all, John the Baptist was authorized to bear witness to the light. Look what it says in verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. You might not think there's much there, but there's much there. First of all, it says he was a man. He's just a man. I mean, John the Baptist was a man. Uh, This is stated to contrast that Jesus was more than that. He was the God-man. He was 
truly God and truly man. So there's a, this contrast between John the Baptist and the Word, or John the Baptist and the light. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That's why John the Baptist was there, to make that known, that he was coming into the world, that he had come into the world. So we see that he was a man. But John seems to be a strange messenger based on the description of the guy alone. Look with me, if you will, at Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And there in Mark chapter 1, we see a description of John the Baptist. It says in verse 4, John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes one, Comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So we listen to this, uh, this description of him. I mean, he was clothed in camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist. Well, we, we all do that. But he ate locusts and wild honey. Uh, we see that just as in describing him, there was something a bit different. About him. In Luke chapter 7, uh, uh, Jesus is speaking about, about John the Baptist. And in Luke chapter 7, verse 24, we see, and he asks a question What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. So Jesus is describing him. Did y'all go out to see someone who was unstable? That's what he means by that phrase, shaken, a reed shaken. Uh, did you think that he was unstable? And so y'all went to look at the strange man out in the wilderness no you know according to modern standards as we look at this nothing about john is attractive the implication of the passages that describe him indicate the same is true of his day but it says there that john he preached he was a man, but his message is what was powerful. It was the authority of God and the message of God that drew people to this strange character. You know, today in, in some of our modern worship services, people uh, do all kinds of things to draw people in. Man, they have light shows and pyrotechnics and they, 
that have particular types of churches and things like that. We want to draw people in. And it's good to draw people in, but I want you to, I want you to know one thing that's true. What you win them with is what you have to keep them with. You better win them with the truth. Let the church always be bearing the truth of the light of the world. Let us always be delivering a message that is filled with the authority of God and the truth of God rather than something that is attractive to men because we find that the gospel message is attractive to those who are being saved, but it's death to those who are perishing. It's a stench to them. And there's no way to dress that up. There's no way to dress it up. John, he was just a man. It wasn't this, many people in this text make, make uh, much of that he had these strange clothes and things like that. You know, he wasn't like everybody else. He wasn't like everybody else because of the authority of God and how God had called him to truth. He was a man, but he was a man authorized to bear witness to the light, Jesus Christ. It says here, and how we know that is, is what it says next. There was a man sent from God. He was sent from God. John's arrival was prophesied through Malachi and through Isaiah. Uh, they spoke of one coming before Jesus Christ. John knew that he was a messenger sent from God. Look at verse 33, John chapter 1, verse 33. He says, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. You see, what he says, he, he says, he who sent me. John knew he was the messenger of God to come and to bring this good news, to come and to make uh, straight the paths of the Lord. He knew he was the one to come. Or knew he was the one to deliver this message. Jesus testified uh, that John was sent by God also. Back in Luke uh, chapter, uh, chapter 7, we see uh, Jesus testifying uh, to the fact that, uh, that John was sent by God. He says, one, that he was a prophet. And then in verse 28, he says, I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. And he quotes, referring to John, uh, speaking of what the prophet wrote, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Jesus testifies that John was sent by God. Folks, that's great authority. God's the one who created everything. God is the one who spoke everything into existence. God is the one who is sovereign over all things. Nothing passes his sight. Nothing comes that surprises our God. You see, 
Jesus was testifying and he was making known this was authority. He had authority from God. He was sent by God. Not to mention what I mentioned earlier the other day, to, or earlier uh, this morning, to say it again. Something else we find there, it says there that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. That, that refers back to uh, what God did in bringing John even to be in existence in the world. Look with me back at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And in Luke chapter 1, we find the birth of John the Baptist. And I want you to look down at verse 76. That's a lot of verses for a chapter, isn't it? But in verse 76, we find Zechariah is talking again, okay? Uh, he, John has been born. They have named him John. He began to speak. And these are the first words that he spoke. And in verse 76, he says, uh, Concerning his son and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Man, we've got the blessing of a father to a son here. Zechariah understood. He knew. I mean, the angel had come and said to him concerning his son that he will prepare the way. And Zechariah is affirming that and giving a blessing to his own son. You, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. You know, John was out there. Man, he didn't have, he, he, he dressed in a particular way. He ate certain things and he preached out in the desert, okay? People had to go to the wilderness to find him. And uh, he went out there with knowing that he'd been sent from God, knowing that the message that he was delivering was uh, authoritative because of God. It was the message that God came to deliver. The confidence of the messenger comes from the authority of the, ascender, of the sender. And I want you to never forget that. I want you to never forget that because sometimes we lack confidence in sharing the gospel message. Sometimes we lack confidence in making known the light of the world, Jesus Christ. But we have the authority of God wrapped up in the word of God here. And we can deliver the gospel of Christ with great authority because God has spoken. Authority. He was authorized to bear witness. Although his purpose was foretold specifically in the prophets, we as the people of God share his purpose of making the light known. And we have the authority to do so. Now call your attention to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. There Peter is laying out the gospel and he's laying out to the church, uh, those, the elect exiles uh, of the dispersion. He's calling out to them and he is making known to them who they are in Christ Jesus. 
And he's telling them, here's the purpose for which you live. Here's why Christ has saved you. Look at verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Now he's taking that from the Old Testament, a description of Israel. They were all these things according to the Old Testament, according to the Word of God. And he is applying this to the elect exiles. He's applying this to the church. The New Testament church right now. And he says this concerning the church, concerning those who believe, concerning those who can see. He says, you are this so that. You are these things so that something that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Isn't that wonderful? He not only saves us and redeems us, He not only calls us out of darkness, but He gives us a purpose. And that purpose is to proclaim the excellencies of Him who took us out of darkness. He didn't have to. He was under no obligation to take us out of darkness. But he did. Because he promised to redeem a people. And we are that people. And being that people, we also have purpose. And that is to make known the light that he has called us into. To make known the light. Who is the light of the world? And that is Jesus Christ. We are his people. And we have his purpose. And his purpose is to make known the light. Just as John did. I want us to see also. Concerning John. We see that he had the authority to bear witness to the light. We do too. But we also see that he was faithful to do so. He was faithful to bear witness to the light. He was obedient to God's call to make known the light. Look with me, if you will, at John chapter 1, verse 29. It says there, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Verse 34, And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Man, he's, he's just laying it out. He said, I want you to know something. I have authority upon authority. And God said, here's how you can know this is him. Man, when you see the dove uh, descending upon, this is him. And John even later on said of Jesus to his own disciples, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And two of his disciples left him and went and followed Jesus. 
John was obedient to God's call and purpose. He was uh, testifying. He was a witness. I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Have you seen and bore witness that Jesus is the Son of God? Have you seen and bore witness to that? I know you say, well, I've never seen him with my physical eyes. No, you haven't. But you have seen him with your spiritual eyes. You have tasted of him. You have come to uh, experience the truth of Jesus Christ, that he does indeed forgive sin, that he does indeed give us the Holy Spirit, that he does indeed transform lives. Belief in Jesus Christ is not a static activity. It absolutely changes and transforms us. And so we see that he was faithful to do that and he had a a, a whole purpose of his life. And we have a whole purpose to our life and that is to bring glory to the living God and to make known Jesus Christ. He was obedient to God's call and purpose. We see here in in John chapter 1, verse 7, he came as a witness. He came as a witness. That word means martyr in the Greek. Uh, We know what a martyr is. We, We typically apply it to someone who has died for their faith. Well, certainly John the Baptist did that. But this is a word that's used in the courtroom when you call a witness in and they testify concerning another. And he was testifying concerning Jesus Christ. You have to ask this question, though. Why was it necessary for John to witness concerning the light? Why was that even necessary? Why is it necessary for us today to witness concerning the light, Jesus Christ? It's a testimony, really, to how fallen we are. I mean, who has to be told the light is shining? Okay? I mean, look over here, these trees. We got lights on those things, you know? I can go unplug that thing and there'll be no light. But I mean, there's light there. I didn't have to tell you that. There it is. There's light in this room. Light's here. I can see my Bible because the light's here. You don't need to be told that there's light. Why is it? Why is it necessary for John to witness to the light? Who has to be told that the light is shining? The blind do. Apart from grace, God's grace, apart from the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we would have never found Jesus. Ever. I mean, John's ministry is to show blind people and to tell blind people the light is shining. There's a lot of blindness in our world today, you know. There's a lot who do not see Jesus Christ. They do not see the hope that is in Him. They do not see the life that is in Him. 
truth of the matter is, is that John was necessary to come prepare the way of the Lord because he was delivering a message to blind people. And when we received the message, we were blind too. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. You know, we were all blind. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, you're still blind. But that blindness means that we would never have stumbled upon knowing Jesus Christ. We wouldn't have sought after him at all. It was necessary for John to witness to the light because he was witnessing to blind men. And so do we. So do we. Something we need to see also is that John is an example to us in witnessing to the blind. And that is, he realized something about Jesus and about himself. He realized that Jesus must increase and that he must decrease. John becomes an example to us in that. And that if we are going to be faithful witnesses to the light... We must die to ourselves and live to Christ. If anyone would come after me, Jesus said, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Uh, John knew as a witness there is a need of continuing death to self. He also realized that there was a continuing need for death to Sin. Colossians 3, 5 tells us, put to death what is earthly in you. That's something that we're to do. We're to put to death sin that is still remaining in us in terms of that we live it out. Okay? That uh, the natural man still is there. But we're to put to death sin. You know, reading earlier, John's lifestyle was quite radical. Y'all realize that, right? I mean, he dressed in camel's hair. You know, that had to have stunk, by the way. I mean, at dead animal skin. I, I've got a, 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 a short sword in my office. Don't nobody go getting my sword, okay? But I got a short sword in my office, and... And Josh's kids love my sword. I mean, they, they, they love it. I mean, every time they walk in my office, they go straight over to the shelf where my spear and my knives and my sword are, you know. And they ask me the same questions every time. I mean, they're interested. But you can take that short sword and pull it out of its sheath. came with a sheath. And that sheath is made out of animal skin from Tanzania, okay? Now, folks, they don't have fake animal skins in Tanzania. They have the real stuff that they take and they stretch and they tan. But they don't deodorize them. If you dare, you can take and you can stick that sheath to your nose and take a smell and you will smell that dead skin. Can y'all imagine old John the Baptist? You know, I don't know what kind of deodorizer you put on camel hair. 
but I don't think it would have worked very well. He was a bit radical. We see some of the things about him uh, concerning what the angel said. And very much of what we see in John the Baptist is that uh, his lifestyle was similar to what you would find in the Old Testament Nazarite vow. Which more than likely wasn't practiced a whole lot during that day. Uh, We see that he stood out in that and that he didn't drink. He stood out in a number of ways based on the Nazarite vow. His hair, all these things. But we need to understand that he stood out not simply because of what he wore, but because of the message he delivered and the lifestyle that went with the message that he delivered. That's something that we need to understand. And that is, we don't just have a message to deliver. We have a life to live that is in line with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was set apart. And the scripture commands us as believers in Jesus Christ over and over and over again to be set apart from the world. That doesn't mean that we're not in the world because we are, but we're not going to live our lives according to how the world tells us to live our lives. But separate. The apostles who were following Jesus, after his departure, they were distinctive in their world. Paul, in his writings, called the church to come out of the world. And to stand separate. He he, he said that we are described as lights shining in darkness. Our message is always the light is coming. The light is coming. It says here that he came as a witness to bear witness about the light and we also are to bear witness about the light Jesus Christ lastly I want us to see that he was not the light look what it says in verse 8 he was not the light but came to bear witness about the light seems like John's being repetitive but he's actually pointing to different things here one that John was a man, but he's authorized by God to deliver a message. And that message was powerful. And John was faithful to deliver that message. And he was so popular that people confused. And they even asked him, are you the Christ? No, I'm not the Christ. Of course not. I came to tell you about the Christ. He's in the world. He has come. And he is coming. His ministry is about to start. We see uh, concerning John that he was not the light. Jesus uh, describes him in John chapter 5, verse 35. He says this about him. He says, He, being John the Baptist, was a burning and shining lamp. And you were willing to rejoice for a while. In his light. Y'all liked John the Baptist for a while. Y'all rejoiced in what he did. 
and what he spoke. Until it didn't agree with you anymore. You see, there's something going on. He was a burning and shining lamp. That term can be uh, translated this way. He was a light bearer. If you're a light bearer, you're not the origin of the light. You are bearing a light. You're carrying a light that is not your own. And that's what John was doing. Folks, we don't have to change the message in order to get people to understand. People understand because God opens their eyes to see and to hear and to believe. He was a light. He was a shining lamp, a mere vessel. He had no light of his own. He was reflecting the light of Jesus Christ. He was reflecting the light of the one who sent him. He was delivering that message. He was like the moon that has no light of its own, but it reflects the light of the sun. I think it's important to end with the note. Concerning the end of John's life. In Luke chapter 7, we see, we've already been to this text a couple of times, but we're going to go back to it. Because Jesus gives testimony concerning him there, and we also have a narrative of what's going on. In John chapter 7, verse 18, or Luke chapter 7, verse 18, it says here that the disciples of John reported all these things to him, to John. And talking about all the things, Jesus raising the dead and so forth. And John, calling to his disciples, sent to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, Him, Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour... He, Jesus, healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits. And on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not Offended by me. Man, he's going through Isaiah's text of all the things that Messiah would be and all the things of Messiah would do. And John knew this text. He knew these things. He knew about Messiah. John's in prison, understand. That's why he didn't go to him himself. John's in prison and he's sending messengers to Jesus. Are you the one? The first thing I want you to see there is a little bit of doubt of the one who had the authority of God to proclaim this beautiful and redeeming message. And he had this hint of doubt there. Are you the one? He had announced that he was the one. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Are you the one? I've spent my life preaching your word. Bearing witness to the light. I wasn't wrong, was I? Because if you're not the light and the light is still coming, I want to proclaim the light. 
hear that too. Don't just hear the doubtfulness, but you hear the eagerness. Shall we look for another? Hear the eagerness in John. Man, if I can get out of here, I'll make known the light. Jesus said, you go assure John of something. The blind, they see. The deaf, they hear. The lame, they walk. The poor have the good news preached to them. Can you see John in the prison cell? Probably not long before his head's taken. Can you see him in the prison cell getting the message back from the disciples? He's the one. He's the Messiah. He's the light. And John just relaxing. Lord, whatever you will, you do. I've done it. I've borne witness to the light. Lord, your will be done. Folks, I want you to remember always that you have no light of your own. I'm not being rude. I don't either. I'm just telling you what we discern from the Word of God. And the only light that we have to deliver to the people that are around us is the light of the world, Jesus Christ. He is our great hope. We are the witnesses to the light. And we are called, all of us who see, are called to share with all those who are blind. And I want you to know, you're not going to waste anything by spending your life on Jesus Christ. Man, that's where John was at the end. Have I spent my life well? Have you? Have you asked yourself that question? Have you spent your life for the glory of Jesus Christ? I look out here, I see a lot of grandparents. I'm one of those. I love being a grandparent. Uh, I see a lot of parents. I see a lot of aunts and I see a lot of uncles and I see all this, these people that have influence in the lives of children. Do not waste your life or your children's life teaching them to love the things of this world. But spend your life teaching them to spend their life for the glory of Jesus Christ, no matter what it costs them. No matter what it costs them. This is the message of Christmas. That my life would be spent for the glory of God. To exalt Jesus Christ and walk humbly under His authority. This is the message of Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that the light is coming. And the light has come and the light is coming again. And Lord, I pray that we would be faithful witnesses, Lord. Testifying to the truth and the authority of Jesus Christ, the love and the redemption that is found in Him and in Him alone. And I pray, God, that You would help us, Lord, as the people of God, to surrender to Your authority, to surrender and humble ourselves, Lord, that we would live and spend our lives well by spending it for Your glory and the proclamation 
of Jesus Christ. The proclamation of your excellencies. The one who brought us from darkness into light. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.